Welcome, everybody, to T-Limbs Presents The Bridge. I'm Shante Wright, and I would like to introduce our distinguished uh, panel that we have here. Of course, we, you have uh, Francis over here, we have Teresa, and we have Twyla. Uh, we'd like to send a shout-out to uh, Reggie and Ron, our technical gurus Woo! that make this thing happen. So, Reggie and Ron, we want to send you guys a, a high-five. So. Thank you guys for all that you do. Uh, today we have a dynamic uh, discussion uh, concerning uh, the missing conversations of MLK. And to lead us off, I'd like to start off, start you off with our own Angela Davis, uh, Sister Soldier, Michelle, uh, <laughs> Yes, I love that. Roll in the one. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, if. Can I ever live up to that? <laughs> no. Thank you so much. First of all, we want you to hit that subscribe button. We want you to hit the like button. We want you to hit the share button. We want you to find us on, on uh, connecttothebridge.com. We want you to go to Connect to the Bridge on YouTube or on Instagram, Connect to the Bridge, or Facebook, Connect to the Bridge. We're here every day from, or every Sunday from 4 to 5. Had a little technical delay. I was just trying to knock out some glitches, so just ride it out with us. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Now. We want to hear your comments. Uh, we want your input. This is for you. Again, I say put your brick into the foundation. Uh, you can call us at 240-719-2560. I made it. <laughs> <laughs> I had that written down. But, yeah. okay. but we're rolling. But we do want to hear from you. We want to hear your comments. We want your input. Yes. You know, anything that you'd like to discuss or uh, suggest a question, uh, uh, please hit us up. Uh, if you have something to say about the show or something that we can improve upon, let us know. We want your feedback because we can do this together. Yes. Very good. Let's dial back the pages of time to 1967. 1967, there was a whole lot going on in 67. The speech we're going to talk about today is called The Other America. It was delivered at Stanford University by Martin Luther King, and that was the speech that we believe that got him killed in 68. Mm -hmm. 67 King was what got 68 King killed. Mm -hmm. I think we can agree on that. Yeah. But what was happening in the world in 67? I know there was a whole lot going on in the United States. Mm -hmm. We know we have 475,000 troops that were in Vietnam. We know that the President, Lyndon Baines Johnson, increased the taxes, 6% tax, mm. to fund the war. The fake war. <laughs> that was a fake war. I, I mean, that's even before Trump came on the scene, but the fake war. But well, guess what? It never was actually declared a war. It's called the Vietnam Conflict. Conflict. Like Korea. Okay. So, and, there's mm -hmm. different, and there is a technical difference that's between calling a war and calling it a conflict. Um, you had... Uh, Gas was 33 cents a gallon. Mm. The uh, pay per hour was a dollar and 40 cents. To get a new home, it cost you $3,800 or so. Mm. I think about it. Cell phones were big as this book. You had so many different things. You had the, uh, the Loving versus Virginia case, mm -hmm. which uh, the Supreme that. Court finally declared was unconstitutional to um, not allow interracial marriages. Later on that year, Thurgood Marshall was elected, was selected mm -hmm. as the first black Supreme Court justice, and in my opinion, the only black Supreme Court justice <laughs> now. 
That's Twyla. That's another story. Um, <laughs> but our current. But at the same time, COINTELPRO legally got started. And it was the, the FBI's way of spying on what they considered, I'm going to use a quote here. He said to neutralize black nationalist hate groups and to prevent the infiltration of militant groups. So the targets were the Revolutionary Action Movement, um, SNCC, SCLC, MLK, the Nation of Islam, Elijah Muhammad, uh, Stokely Carmichael, and uh, a gentleman named Maxwell Stanford. Mm -hmm. So they said that the Black Panther Party was the greatest threat to the internal society of the country. Let me jump in here right quick. Jump. Uh, J. Edgar Hoover, who was our uh, leader of the yeah. FBI, yeah. they asked him, <clears throat> in his opinion, what was the greatest threat to the United States, mm -hmm. and he said the unification of black America. Exactly. That's wow. our leader of, uh, of, of the FBI. Wow. That was the greatest threat to this country that we built, you understand? <laughs> Thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> but saying that the Black Panther Party was the greatest militant threat, mm -hmm. that just pales in, in, in comparison because on his list, nowhere was the KKK. <laughs> Go figure. I don't think they're no. on e any terrorist list even today. Even no. now? Yeah. Well, what's that new program? The, the uh, EIE. BIE. What is it called? BIE. The BIE, yeah. Black Identity. They're not even on it, that. Mm. No skinheads or skullheads or ballheads or <laughs> <laughs> whatever they want to call themselves now, but they're not on. There's not a list of, 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 of them and anybody that protests. Uh, uh, the whims of the government is on this, this list. Well, the funny thing is the majority of the groups on this list uh, are groups that either are not uh, pro-democracy, more groups that lean towards socialism or, or uh, uh, communism. communism, and even some Marxist approaches too. Because uh, the one group that I found that was surprising, it was not on, on the list for COINTELPRO, was when Caucasian folks asked Huey Newton, what can we do to help you? And he said, well, start a White Panther Party. And mm -hmm. there was a White Panther Party. People don't know that. Mm -hmm. They were actually existed, and they were very far lean left, especially after the Panthers changed their, their uh, stance. Stand, right, so that instead of being a black nationalist, they mm -hmm. were more <coughs> a group inclusive, inclusive mm -hmm. and it was more socialist about mm -hmm. the, the common man being underneath the thumb of okay. the oppressed governments. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what, what my question to you is, we've, we've, I only heard recently that you said there were other speeches that Martin Luther King gave, mm -hmm. which were, were not that I, I've got a dream, I have a dream um, um, uh, speech. Mm -hmm. But the, the, the more powerful ones, mm -hmm. there was a particular one that came after I had a dream. I have a dream speech. Oh, there were several. There was because um, there was a march on Selma. So since see, King was a a, a, a preacher who had a church. Mm -hmm. So he was always, if you listen to him on Sunday, he was always from the pulpit. He was advocating from the pulpit. So there are lots of things that he might have said that we'll never know except for speaking to those that were sitting in the audience at that time. Mm -hmm. Now we know that after that '63. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in 64. Well, he gave a speech prior to that, too. He gave a speech at in Oslo as well. He also 
kept protesting, and then they end up um, in '65. They went to march in Selma. That's when. That's when you always hear all the time. Um, mm -hmm. There was a movie called Selma. Yeah. That's the um, when they were on the Edmund Pettus Bridge, mm -hmm. and uh, that's the one that we have uncertain unnamed congressman that always re refers to it. And so, but that wasn't just King. That wasn't just the only thing. You see, King was making a, a, a turn at that point because that's the same year that Malcolm had gotten killed. King had got arrested and was in Birmingham, and there was a whole lot going on in Birmingham, too. And Malcolm had sent a message down there and said, if anything happens to Dr. King or any of his people, I'm coming down and we're going to handle it. Mm -hmm. Nothing happened to King. But we also know that within that year, Malcolm, Malcolm, was, was killed. Malcolm was killed, too. Let me ask you this. You said uh, uh, Martin preached a lot of his, his uh, sermons or speeches from the pulpit. Yes. Question. Since the onset of what happened with King, do you think there was a change in how the so-called pastor, preachers, deacons, whatever you want to call them now, have changed their, their or, uh, you know, uh, how they present things? Because they're not talking about things that are happening in our communities. They're not talking about things that are happening in our government. They're not talking about nothing. Well, I will say this. Except passing the plate in, in the building fund. <laughs> well, not all. Some. Well, not all. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, so I, I don't want to throw ones. everybody, yeah. all them. Yeah. You know, if the shoe fits, you yeah. got to wear it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not stereotyping all pastors, deacons, and some of the right. other names that I called them uh, uh, into one uh, uh, category. They know who they are. And again, based off what you were saying, and, and, and a lot of King's messages were delivered during church, right. so to speak. So now that we're not getting that, that same message, I was just, you know, he has a he has a point. Yes, you know, he has you, a very you, strong you, you point. I agree with you. Yes. You, so that, that's you know what what I think is happening is that you know we are not asking questions. Mm. Exactly. You know, if mm. I mean for any society to advance, you need to ask questions. True. So True. why is it? Why do you have to do this? Why do I have to do this? Mm -hmm. You know. So it's important for all of us to also accept the fact that whoever it is that we are talking about to accept the fact that people want a clear understanding mm -hmm. of why things are the way they are mm -hmm. I mean for instance I have never understood why um, you go to church and then you have to give your money you know, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's becoming. When we were younger, I don't know about about the United States, but growing up in Ghana, I mean, we had the the traditional system, the the conventional systems that the the, the, the Europeans brought to us. Right. So we had the Catholics, we had the Presbyterians, we had the you know, I was I was born in a Presbyterian church, and I remember every Sunday my mother, whenever there was the time to do the collection, you know. We all put little pennies and stuff, and I don't think my mother gave too much money every now and then. But everything is changing now, right. you know, and I really don't know whether it was like that for you then. Yeah. Well, I think related to that, and getting back to um, Martin Luther King's The Other America, um, I think King in his speech, and the reason why I love that speech, and Twala did an, of an 
phenomenal job of transcribing the speech for us. <laughs> and um, I, I just want to give a shout out to you because that's a very long speech. But in the other America, um, we're talking about the thing, the, the part of the speech that really hits me most, and as a preacher, as you mentioned, um, was he talked about we did sit-ins, we did protests, and now he's coming to recognize that we've got places that people can't even live in, slum, slum, slum housing. Second, we've got, you know, unsanitary living conditions. We can't get economic or jobs to even take care of ourselves. And so in this speech, the thing that hit home to me most was the fact that I felt like Malcolm felt like my ladder is leaning, was leaning up against the wrong building. <laughs> so his focus, and I read and took some time after we, to prepare for the show, um, The Negro Problem, which was written, was as a consortium of authors, Paul Lawrence Dunbar, um, where they're talking about this race issue again, this race issue has been plaguing us for years. We've, we've had scholars discuss it. And Martin Luther King in the 60s is still trying to answer the question, what's the issue? So in order to ask the questions and investigate what you said, I went back and took a look at what they said. And one of the leaders, I can't think of his name in writing when I read their Negro problem, but he said, one of the problems is a people will never be respected without an economic base. That's and I true. think that Malcolm in that speech had understood exactly what that meant. We can talk all day long, but until you're created a, a substantial through businesses, through protecting your businesses, supporting your businesses and your community, it's going to be very difficult uh, to really move a people from a, a position of being able to stand on their own. I agree with you. I'm going to answer his question first, and then when I think I could tie to that, and then we'll run right back here because it all blends in. You said um, the question about... Um, how at that time we were talking about how the preachers were using the pulpit to to speak to the people and they were speaking to the conditions of the people now historically in this country for black people the church was the hub yes if you wanted to know what was going on in government mm -hmm. if you want to know what was going on in your community if you mm -hmm. want to know what the next thing you need to do mm -hmm. it was the church the, the church the, 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 the church was the, 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 the 60s the church, internet the church was where you got your 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 personhood yes. because you would be called boy all day long by the Caucasian folks during the weekday. You come in the church, you're deacon so and so. Yes. You yes. call girl or auntie so and so or or you're by your first name by little children. Mm -hmm. And then on Sunday you you hear your sister so and so and head mm -hmm. of the missionary society, mm -hmm. whatever. So you got your personhood in church too. You yes. got your dignity. Your that was the one place where the hub was where you knew that you were being respected for the person you were. Now, the church was in, in, uh, was integral part of civic rights. And even when back to slavery, they would sing call and response songs. That's how they were able. They would sing these church songs like <coughs> "Wade in the Water," "Wade in the Water," "Wade." God's gonna trouble the water. They were telling you where to go and what to do. So for us in this country, the church was our source. Now. In the 50s and 60s and even beyond that time, up until I would say maybe more toward the 80s maybe, mm -hmm. churches were not afraid or ministers were not afraid to speak to these social ills. But as society changed, our focus changed too. Um, churches became uh, non, uh, 
nonprofit organizations. Mm -hmm. Well, they and couldn't so. because of the, the their but, status. Right. But so, so, so in order to become so, a nonprofit organization, yeah, yeah. there are certain things you, can't, you cannot say. You can't say right across the pulpit. So you couldn't right. talk politics. politics. Exactly. And, and so that kind of snuffed it. And then right. we we became. Who was the or who who was the one that said okay, if you become because so many of them did. If you become a uh, 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 nonprofit, these are the things that you're going to cut out. Where did that injunction IR, or, IRS, or that judgment? The IRS. And then on top of that, um, by being a nonprofit, that protects you as tax status. And as people put money in a church, you want to be able to have that burden of taxation lifted off of you. The purpose is supposed to be so that the money could go farther for the people in the church, but what we have seen is that it became bigger churches, larger churches, bigger churches, larger churches, um, communities being dwarfed and the communities becoming neighborhoods. And I think what you're saying is that where's the activism from the pulpit back exactly. to the people? Exactly. Well, there's a whole lot, and that's that's part of it too. Well, that explains a, a whole lot of what's going so, on today in, in our in our churches. Whereas, like I said, uh, uh, let me ask you a question. What is the center of, of, of the black community now? What is the center? Yeah. See, like I said, at that time, that Tupac. was... That was a <laughs> 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 That's what it, I mean, okay? Because uh, you have to be 100. And, and, and to be 100, you have to be ratchet. Well, And, I, and that seems yeah. to be, I'm, I'm just yeah, saying, I'm, right. I'm joking, but there's some reality within that joke. Because I you think... Know, I think and like I said, with Martin Luther King, I, I, I know he was an intellectual. He, he wrote, um, you know, you'll go in all the time looking at some of the speeches he wrote and his understanding of the what was really happening yes. uh, to us. But I think that, I think, Twyla, I've heard you uh, speak on this a lot, and I think it's very well done, where you talk about m galvanizing the sit-ins. Mm -hmm. All that came from where? The black church. The black church. You know, so a lot of the things that we were able to do were, you know, whereas Malcolm was helped, had had the history, like you said, in the black church. But one of the things I like to speak to is that I, you know, it's so important for all of us to be a student of history. I always say there are a number of books. Uh, we got like Black Labor, White Wealth by Dr. Claude Anderson, and, 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 and a black history reader. And the reason why history is important is that because people like to say, uh, well, you know, there's really not racism. There's institutional racism because every time we start to make strides because of the power that the black church had at that time, we're going to change the tax code. You know, all of a sudden something in history gets changed. And when, when that change happens, then we're going to curve whatever, whatever, um, yeah. Uh, progress you're yes, making. Yes. So we notice that, and that's why it's so important for us to be well read, to read, to know, and to have leadership to know so that the leaders can help guide our thinking. So, um, like you said, instead of listening, and I like Tupac, <laughs> but instead of looking, because he was he had some consciousness than some of it. And rap, I always say, is an example of a billion dollar business. And that's what Martin Luther King was talking about. We're building these businesses, but we're not getting, we're not getting any of that those dollars mm -hmm. because it's moving out of our communities. Yeah, well, they they changed the game, and, and yes. as as you said, and and you know something uh, uh, again, 
the tactics and the means that we used back then in the 60s to march, which was effective then. Yes, because it wasn't just not, the only thing they were doing. Yeah, it, well, that's true, but that's not working in today's society. Yes, I'm yes. going to take you back to 67 real you know quick, I mean? though. I'm going to jump back to 67 real quick, because I have a question that, that is right directed to Francis. <laughs> because in 67, we had a whole lot of unrest in this, in, remember the riots in the Huff in Cleveland? Yeah. 67? Yeah. Tore it up. Now, our city had a riot the following year. Tore the whole Worcester. community up. Yes. Now, 67 also, where we had Detroit, you had riots in Chicago as well. And that's where we got the, the phrase, H. Rap Brown coined this phrase. Folks don't know this. Burn, baby, burn. Burn, baby, burn. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, and what King was talking about at that time, he said that riots are the direct result of people who feel like they can't be heard. Wow. And so he said that we, instead of attacking the people who are participating in the riots, let's attack the issues that they are addressing. Mm -hmm. Now, I noticed when we were doing all these things, I noticed that in 67 there was a um, civil war in Sudan, there was a civil war in Nigeria and Chad, mm -hmm. Kenya was going through a war, there were riots at the soccer match in, in, uh, in uh, Turkey. Greece had a military coup. And when I'm looking at all these things, I also noticed that Ghana was going through its own. So when people say, why weren't our rest of our the, the diaspora mm -hmm. going, helping? Well, my gosh, everybody was going through a civil war, a war of independence or something. So what I want is to find out what was going on in Ghana or what led up. I know that we have a relationship to Ghana that goes deeper than just 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 the the plantation right, and, right. and the slave trade, our, our, our relationship with okay, the so rich. First of all, <clears throat> Ghana had a relationship with Martin Luther King because uh, in 1957, during the struggle for independence, Kwame Nkrumah developed a relationship with him, mm -hmm. and he actually invited him to come to Ghana for the independence. Mm -hmm. But in, in Nkrumah's letter to him, he says, well, even though I really wish I could have paid for your trip to Ghana, you know, uh, you know, we were under, well, he, didn't, he couldn't afford to, to buy a ticket for Martin Luther King to come. But um, it was a nice worded letter. You can find it online. But he, he found a way around it, and he came. So he was one of the guests at, at our independence. So Ghana has always had a relationship with Martin Luther King. You know, growing up, I, I, I remember, you know, faintly something that we had to study in school about Martin Luther King. And, uh, uh, but I think we were more, the, 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 the African-American culture that influ influenced us, us most was the music, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. the music and the fashion. You know, so way back from the mid-60s, everybody wanted to dress like, we used to call them the Afro-Americans. Do you know that's yes. the way you were called? Afro. Yeah. 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 Yes. Afro. Yeah. 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 So, growing up, we used to call them Afro-Americans. Afro yeah. We call ourselves that too for yeah. a minute. Yeah. 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 And, and I remember we, we watched a lot of uh, the few black shows like Julia. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Julia. We watched Julia in Ghana. Know. And uh, a couple of them, you know. So there was, but it was the music, mm -hmm. you know, from Isaac Hayes to to Curtis Mayfield to then it comes 
later on funkadelic and mm -hmm. you know all the you know but it was the music we 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 i personally and i know a lot of the people i grew up with you know had this you know bond with america because of the fashion did you guys well, of course you wore bell bottoms. Now, okay, during that time period, uh, 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 dashikis. Yes, because I had me a couple right. of them. What was that? It's 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 the tie dye and after yeah, that dashiki. Oh, 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 oh yeah, right, right, right. You know, is it the same thing? I mean, it was a. Explain like Kente cloth material. Yes, I yeah, see. Yeah, material. Yeah, it was tired, yeah, yes, yes, yes. I mean, you know. Had, yeah, those were cool, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yes, exactly. So, so, so again, see, we got bits and pieces of what was going on there. Yeah. And, and, and I guess we was kind of embracing our blackness because, you know, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Yeah, yeah. And Thanks so folks were standing up, yeah. you know, and, 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 and they got mm -hmm. the conks mm -hmm. or the process out the hair mm -hmm. and began wearing the big froze mm -hmm. and we embraced our blackness. I think that's when we first became black. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah we used to be colored. Because yeah. we used to be colored. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so I remember one colored girl. Around that time, I mean, we were Africa, not just Africa, it was like you said, all over the world, you know, all people, there was a, an, awakening. an awakening. People wanted to, mm -hmm. to, 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 so in Ghana, for well, in Ghana, we, had, we were one of the first, we were the first country uh, in sub-Saharan Africa to gain independence, mm -hmm. you know, and so because of that, we kind of led the way mm -hmm. for a lot of the other countries, you know, um, uh, was Secretary of Guinea and then, uh, you know, Nigeria. Mm -hmm. All these leaders kind of, even, even... Um, um, Rhodesia. Yes, I yeah. mean, mm -hmm. uh, you know, Mugabe lived in Ghana uh -huh. for a long time. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, Ghana, Ghana was the place I've to be. i studied him a great <laughs> you know, Maya Angelou yeah. lived in Ghana for yes. a long time. Yeah. Malcolm was in Ghana. Mm -hmm. You know, Nkrumah was really powerful. He was one, he's one of the leaders that I, I think if African-Americans don't know, they ought to know about him. Yes. You know, he was very powerful, very successful. He was smarter mm -hmm. than most of the guys. And, and he built Ghana to be, to be one, one, yes, we were the center of, of where everybody admired Ghana because mm -hmm. we had everything, you know, happening nicely for us mm -hmm. until, of course, 1966. We Tell cannot, us what happened. Yeah, we, we, well, 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 he was overthrown. He was kicked <laughs> out. No, I tell you what, we'll right. find out after the break. break. We'll <laughs> more into that. Don't you go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. You stick around for a long time. Call, while. comment. <laughs>
before our break, we had uh, Francis who was going to give us the, the, the concluding part to what was going on. He said, then 66. Yeah. So we're on a seat hinging on 66. <laughs> yeah, so in 1966, there was a coup in Ghana. Um, the military took over, and uh, Nkrumah was in, uh, had gone abroad, you know, and then things, you know, happened, and uh, there was a coup, you know. Mm -hmm. So, so th for me and for most people, they feel that things were going um, south, you know, mm -hmm. things were not going well. And I remember seeing as a kid, you know, I I I, I saw a lot of cartoons and very nasty things said about Nkrumah at the time, you know, that he, he was, uh, he had become a dictator and so on and so forth, you know, but later on, we, you know, of, of studying Nkrumah's legacy, we realized that he was really a great man, mm -hmm. you know, and he did a lot of things. He put a lot of things in, 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 our, in place for the country to develop, you know. So, Again, the relationship between the African-American struggle at the mm -hmm. time and uh, the black struggle in Africa, we, we were working together. Mm -hmm. You know, they, mm -hmm. they, they, were, they found ways to communicate and meet and share ideas and ideologies and, mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So, so first of all, you're unified. Yeah. yeah. You, you know what I mean? And, and so that's today's America's biggest fear. And, and that's why there's so much incorporated. And you, you say, not, not just America, but worldwide, they always want to keep that foot on our necks. So, so, so again, there's a reason and a purpose behind it because, see, they saw the strength mm -hmm. in, in numbers. This is why, where my mirror at? Right. We need you because <laughs> we want to unify and, and build a strength. <laughs> and I, I want to throw this in right quick, not to cut you off now. They just had a, 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 a gathering of all the women all over the country for whatever women's rights and, and things of that yeah. nature. So now they are power source. I say this again uh, uh, the LGBG LGBTQI. Those people uh, uh, came together. You, you know, you know, as 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 one, and they became a power. Uh, 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 Ghana became a power through unification, and and so again, the powers that be want to keep this separation. But here's the thing that King was talking about in '67, and and mm -hmm. mind you, like I said, and like we've reiterated, this speech was said. He ran through '67 and '68, and this was the message he wouldn't move from. Mm -hmm. He said the first, the biggest problem he's talked about. Um, unemployment, education, and housing. But mm -hmm. he said before he got to that that the premise for all these problems was the race issue mm -hmm. that was never addressed in America. You had the Civil Rights Act, you had the Voting Act, and like you said, those things didn't go far enough because we have a government that feels comfortable putting things in place on paper but never enforcing them in, in, in reality. So that was the thing that that King was talking about was was race. Now we heard during the Obama era and, and during his uh, candidacy that we were in post-racial. Did you hear what I said? Post means after. Mm. That's Latin. Racial. I looked in the dictionary and found out that that definition will never occur because there's always going to be someone who oppresses someone because of their race. 
Now, in this speech, I want, I want you all to uh, focus on this a minute. Uh, he talked about the unemployment, the rise in unemployment. He said that there are Negro men that, that looking for jobs and aren't there, and the unemployment gap was getting wider and wider. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> Does it sound familiar? Exactly. And, and, exactly. I, and I think Dr. Claude Anderson, I know when he talks about not so much here but in power economics, he really goes into detail about economically there's no difference between where we are now than where we were yeah, like yeah. like right. like a few a hundred years. Yeah. And that's that's yeah. a scary a scary thing. That head start off of that black labor, mm -hmm. uh, they keep moving forward and we're moving further back. You know, I, I don't want to say we're not as, well, the situation creates, creates itself to whereas we're not, we're not as hungry. We, we want that, that, that quick fix, you, you, you know what I mean? Mm. Uh, just for instance, uh, the fight game uh, we saw uh, Broner versus Pacquiao and And I was listening to them. And, and anything that they achieved, they had to work for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and so now, yes, I want my children to do a little better than I did, and, and, and we all do, but you know something? Uh, we kind of we tend to spoil them yeah. a little bit, or maybe even a lot, but we spoil them to the point they want that instant gratification. They don't want to put in the time now uh, 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 to that it takes in order to achieve. Yes, you know, so that entitlement, mm -hmm. they think that, okay, well shoot, you did the work, so I'm gonna get all the wealth. Mm -hmm. And again, uh, we did the work, and they have achieved all the wealth, and to the point now they've incorporated a system to whereas we're not being included in, 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 in this wealth-making process for my family uh, or, or, or whatnot. So, uh, uh, again, now... Well, now, see, I would disagree with you. And... <laughs> no, no, you're yeah, I mean, okay. What I it's do America. know, and I say, is that we are consumers to the tune of $1.7 trillion. We represent, as black people today, a 16th country. This is based on census data. How much is that? Is, is, is black dollars? Okay. Now, the problem for us is we don't, economics is the name of the game. I don't care. You yes. can call race. We're talking race here, but we as a people, until we start looking at the economic piece, I think Damien said it on our last show about green is the thing that matters to yes. most people. And until we get that piece down, and we're looking in the back mirror, we should be looking in that rear view mirror just to figure out what we can do differently because what we've done hasn't worked to date. I agree. So now, we only spend, of that 1.7 trillion, that's a lot of money. That's hair, that's uh, fingernails, that's the $250 tennis. The bling. That's the bling, that's all of that. 3% of it goes back into our community. And it really only only three percent because our communities we don't even have communities anymore. Yeah, we got we got neighborhoods. Yes, that's, yes, and, that, and that's the reality. We yes. have neighborhoods. When uh, you talk about the 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 employment gap, the numbers don't tell the truth because yes. it only represents people who are actually actively looking and reporting mm -hmm. to the, the bureau. 
And then um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics only reflects those who are actually reporting. Exactly. To, and if you don't mm -hmm. report, and after so long, people don't report because you fall off, you're not going to get paid anyway, and, and that, that's just it. Right. But these are the same conditions that we found ourselves in 67. Yeah. The so same. nothing has changed. We but, are, our money, our money, see, but the thing about it back then that I can say compared to now, I knew who was going to pick up the laundry in our neighborhood. Name him Mr. Parms. Mm -hmm. He had a truck. He had a laundromat, mm -hmm. a cleaners. Mm -hmm. He would go through our neighborhood and pick up, uh, I remember giving him my granny's clothes. And then sometimes he'd come back, well, when he came back through, and if I didn't have the cash, I'd have a little slip of paper and he would give me the little bill and I would give it to my granny. So they had their little particulars. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I remember the black man who owned Mr. 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 Uh, Bill, who had a store on Howe, mm -hmm. and, and, and he had a little corner store. Going to that corner store, you didn't have any money, you took a slip From that your, your mama or somebody <laughs> wrote and said, right. and then oh, they said, okay, yeah. so mm -hmm. you went on, you did your little shopping, mm -hmm. and that was it. Mm -hmm. yeah. What we did was when those black people needed their money, we got this shimmy sham flam game, and we stopped paying them on time. Now, a black vendor cannot afford not to get their money on time. Right, right. That's the bottom line. Black vendors, we got to get our money on time. If we don't have that, that cushion, that buffer. Mm -hmm. Black people did black people in on mm -hmm. that. And I can tell you that's a fact. So those stores closed up. We didn't have the capital. We weren't getting the loans to reopen those stores. Now, that is systemic racism mm -hmm. all day, every day. Because mm -hmm. you still have the question, how does a person come from somewhere, doesn't have anything, gets a loan, with no credit history, right. And, and, right. and then get That's back in crazy. your neighborhood. So then what happens is that, I'm going to say in the black communities, and the black neighborhoods, Palestinians, the people of, of Middle Eastern descent, end up buying a lot of getting those stores. People are scared. Black, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, I'm just telling you the truth. Black people don't want to not pay that person because they're scared that Mahmoud or somebody because of the stereotype they already see. See, mm -hmm. we all deal with stereotypes. Yeah. You see, let's so, just, just so, be real. So, you know, right now, what I've heard this thing for years. You know, they say black people are always whining and complaining about mm -hmm. their, their situation and mm -hmm. why the how the white man has been horrible to us and mm -hmm. so on and so forth. And what is the way forward? I mean, what do you think if if the three, the four of us decided to, mm -hmm. you know, come up with a strategy, a plan, you know, where we will turn this negative whining, yeah. complaining thing <laughs> into something that will actually bring change. Well, I'd like to start off because I'm all about solutions. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I think that we got a far ahead in life because of God, number one. We had a strong faith, Christian-based faith in Christ, and, and that was, as you mentioned in prior sessions, Prior to before we got over here, we were a religious people. Yes. We were a spiritual people, a yes. religious spiritual, spiritual, yeah. But we believed in God. We had a firm, in my opinion, value system. And if you don't have a firm foundational value system, it's very difficult to move forward in life. That's number one. Number two is your family. I've made it. I'm sitting here today because I'm standing on the shoulders of some very great women and men. And we've got to recognize that, that we can't treat our families any kind of way because they're the first source of helping us to the next level. But now, where's our families today? 
what do we what do we call see the dynamic of the mm -hmm. definition of family mm -hmm. when we were growing up is different than the definition of family today right so well how, I do, think, how does that translate for, i think i think um i know when i was growing up what was the first thing you learned about a family the nuclear family mm -hmm. mom dad children but guess who made the biggest impact on me and you who were they? My, great my grandmother, my great, great grandparents. Those are the people who gave us what? Wisdom and understanding and knowledge. And from that, we were able to move on. So once you have God, family, and then you can then spread it out to your community. And I'm a big believer, I'm a business owner. Sean is a business owner, Twala is a business owner. Uh, Francis is a business owner. We gotta own our businesses and support. And Dr. Claude, Anderson talks about this at length. And we've got to, his biggest point to me that changed my thinking was, stay in your communities and clean your trash up. <laughs> you know, start investing in where you live. Make a difference in where yeah, you live. Yeah, yeah. And to me, if we just do those few things, getting those right, and everybody being on board and on the same path, and leadership is important. And I think it was called the talented, the back the talented what ten? Talented ten. That was You want to talk right a little now. bit about that because I think that's critical for leadership, black leadership. I think. Um, well, I understood what he was talking. I'm, I'm going to go back to what you're talking about in mm -hmm. um, um, investing or what are mm -hmm. so, some solutions. One, I do want to say that in the speech, King said something that was so poignant to me. There was a gentleman who was telling him the very same thing he had in mm -hmm. his travels about. Why are you all complaining? Why do you all always do it? Why, you do it? Why don't you all pick yourself up by your bootstraps? Mm -hmm. Well, King said, we don't have the boots. <laughs> so it wasn't like self-determinism isn't our problem. Part of it is that we are at an impasse because we have not received that 400-plus year head start. Mm -hmm. And that is something that the United States has to resolve. That doesn't mean that we stay wallowed in our mire mm -hmm. in the meantime. But that is a stain that mm -hmm. has to be resolved. So if you do check us out next week, John Cheeks from USCRIA, which is United States Citizens Initiative Recovery Act, will be in here talking about recovering reparations. And be, by the end of the show, we'll go more into detail with that because that does have to be. Mm -hmm. When you got a I run against um, one of my children when they are younger. Mm -hmm. We were running a 100-yard dash. I gave my child an over 50-yard head start, and I still beat her. <laughs> and I was messing around, because when you said go, I didn't even start then. I was laughing, like, okay, okay, I guess I'll go now. So I, she had this head start. But had she been, had it been me having that head start, she would have beat me. She would have caught me. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. So we still are trying to catch up in that regard, because race and the systemic racism we have is an issue. But just because we know that's the issue inherently, mm -hmm. we as black people need to do what Malcolm said in 64. Malcolm made a speech called the ballot or the bullet. When you listen to that speech, it sounds like Malcolm standing outside that door or today. right talking today, today yes. which is so frustrating mm -hmm. to me because what he said was, you're a Christian, you're Christian ministers. I'm a Muslim. I'm a Muslim minister. But he said, put your God in your closet. Some people took offense to that. Oh, he said, no, he was right. Put your God in your closet. Worship your God. 
But right now, we don't need to talk about our divisions, the things that divide us. Mm -hmm. We need to come together about what unites us. And we have this one issue, economics, mm -hmm. economics, economics. There should be no reason why I shouldn't seek out a black person first for a service. I don't care. It might cost me a little more. Now, I've gotten burnt by some black folks, I tell you, too. That's true. But I've gotten burnt by Caucasian folks, too, and everybody else, too. So, I mean, but if you don't support your own, who do you think is going to support your own? So we really do have to look at, in our neighborhoods, we don't have communities because we don't own the property. We don't own the stores. We don't own the wares. We allow ourselves to be treated a certain way. We do. Someone wear the pants hanging down to my ass and styles and I style stupid. Right. And line. we take our well, dollars out of, out of the that, community. That are inappropriately attired clothes and you get upset because somebody come at you and pull up on you wrong. Okay? So so when we come back on the opposite side, we're going to talk about how these dollars, how we put these dollars together so we can actually revamp our neighborhoods into communities because we're way past due. Hit it. <laughs> Don't leave. <laughs>
Okay, and as you can see, we're back with the poetess Miriam Whitehead Bryce, and we're um. always happy to have her around. <laughs> In addition to that, we want to say that you can pick up Miriam's book on Amazon.com and also Barnes & Noble. So we want you to support her. Like I said, I want to make sure that we purchase her book. She's also available for speaking engagements and whatnot. But I always like to talk to Miriam because I think she's a free thinker. She's always interesting and, more importantly, funny. <laughs> so anyway, uh, she has a few questions for us. Yes, I wanted to know, when did we go from indentured servants to slaves? Very good question. I'll start off. <laughs> you know something, that's a European thing. Now, when they were over there, and we talked about this earlier, when they were over there, there was no slaves, there were classes. You know, you had the rich and, 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 and the poor, the, the serfs. The serfs. The serfs, yeah, yeah. Y'all remember the serfs back in school, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, so there, there were different classes. Mm -hmm. And so they weren't called slaves, but they were called serfs. Mm -hmm. So when they got tired of serving, <laughs> they decided to come to another place. Now, none of those, those people of class came over on the boat ride, did they? <laughs> no, the serfs came over. Now, when the serfs came over there, they're in a new land. Well, how are we gonna survive? So the indigenous people taught them how to survive in the land. So now that they know how to survive in the land, well, who's gonna build our homes and our houses and our businesses and this? So, hmm, let's go get us some more serfs. So they go to the African countries mm -hmm. to get them serfs, but they didn't want to use the same name, so they just called them slaves. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's just my opinion. So, but, but again, so they called them slaves, and, and of course now they took them same European ideas and, and, and traits and brought them over to perpetrate them on another group of people. Okay. In, a, in a book called the Bible, they have servants and, called, and had slavery too. But the slave institutions that were of old were nowhere near the slave institution in this country. This country is the only time in history where the slave servitude was based solely upon the color of your skin. Blacks were here on this continent. We were back here in 3000 BC. We were traders. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to understand too that the continents were all united at one time too. So we know that tectonic plates shift and move and we have all these continents separate. But blacks were here before the pilgrims got here. Blacks were here when the pilgrims got here. Blacks didn't depend on the pilgrims or any part of England to get them here. Our whole indentured servant, those that were in England that came as indentured servants, supposed to be here for seven years and in the seventh year you're supposed to be given freedom. Release. The yeah. same thing that you find if you look at this book called the Bible, the Old Testament, the same thing too. Um, there was a young man named Jacob or Yahub, seven years, he was supposed to be freed and, and he was supposed to get the one wife, but he ended up getting the first one, he had to do seven more years. Yes, see. So yes, that was I where know. that seven year mark came for mm -hmm. indentured servitude. But now, and we'll talk about this more, this is a long, it's a, it's a show by itself, because okay. I really want us to really get to the meat of it. The Catholic Church is the, the impetus of why we got slavery in this country, why indentured servitude ended up being slavery because it was the Pope that signed this thing called the Papal Bull. It's the Papal Bull, P-A-P-A-L, B-U-L-L. -L. Mm -hmm. Their edicts 
And what they did was they said to the Portuguese back in the 1400s, it's okay to go off the coast of Africa to take these Negro savages and enslave them. You see, and then in the 1500s, there are paper bulls all along, and then they were in the, in the Spaniards did the same thing. So that's how it started for us in this mm -hmm. country. Because up until that point in time, yes, it was a servitude, uh, uh, an indenture type of, and what it was was that someone paid for your voyage, and then you worked back the work off for them. We, we fortunately have a live studio audience today, mm -hmm. so. <laughs> yeah, before we get to that, uh, um, they were civilized people. Uh, but, but by changing that narrative, by calling them savages, that made it okay. Because they were a thriving uh, 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 civilization. They, they were civil, and I, I don't want to you know go too I mean? far into that today. I'm just, because, yeah. But, yeah, um, but they did have, now there are always going to be conflicts between people. I don't care, groups of people, tribes of people are always going to, and, and there was slavery, but it was not slavery as the institution that we have in this country. Mm -hmm. But it came and, to and, be. And, and, and those other countries, their slavery did not include separating you from your family, right. didn't include raping you. It was just that you were indebted to this person. You could actually travel and go from one place to the next place. They provided housing for you. They provided clothing for you. They even gave you some, some sort of a pittance, too. Mm -hmm. You see, so it's a whole, so when you hear people say, um, other groups have been enslaved, Squash them real quick. Only real this quick. country, real quick. Only this country had an institution of slavery that was based solely upon the color of your skin, separated you from families, raped men and women, beat you, mm -hmm. took people from lands where languages they didn't know, cultures they didn't know. So what could they do when they were enslaved here? They even enslaved free blacks that were here too. That's like I said. I have to cut show. Down. Right. Not a show. show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, not a show. Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> Different show. She don't win Angela Davis on yeah. the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's another show. Okay. Speaking of Angela Davis real quick, update on the on the um the um Birmingham Civil Rights Institute, which I, I laughed when I try to even say that name now. Angela Davis was finally told why. She wasn't told directly from them, the CEO and um Angela uh Taylor, Miss Taylor, you're a coward. I'm telling you, you're a coward. If you're looking at me, you're a coward. Somebody needs to send a message, you're a coward. You still refuse when all the news outlets have asked you directly to say why. You can't be mute on such an open subject. You need to say something. And the more you stay silent, the more it makes things fester. But Angela Davis did get the word that the reason why is because of her longstanding support of the people in Palestine. And I found it interesting she said that her very freedom, her very life, she owes to the community of, of, of advocates worldwide. So why would she just cyanide signal that she's only for one group of people, one type of people? Right. And I, I think that points to the very last point that Martin Luther King made. One of his, my favorite quote of his is, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. That's right. That's Very good. Right. Very good. Okay. Yeah. Live audience. <laughs> yeah. Live audience. Yeah. Um, live audience. Uh, question. There's a young lady who is, uh, she's a high school student. Uh, what is your question or comment for us? First of all, tell us your first name. My name is Jaira. How old are you, Jaira? Hi. I am 16. Welcome. Welcome. We want your young cats involved. Yes. And girls. Yes. Kitties. <laughs> 
So the question that's raised is um, how do the dilemmas of that Martin talked about in 1967 affect us today? Um, and one of the ways they, that, uh, that um, they affect us today is like through education and through poverty and housing and jobs. Um, the cycle of poverty doesn't allow us to make the money that we need to uh, 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 equip us correctly in education. So that's one way that it affects us. Um, Excuse me, I have a for you. When you say education, what is it about education um, that keeps a young black male, female, or people who are financially repressed, because we're talking in, mm -hmm. in, in the ecclesia, what, what hurts compared to an education? Tell me this. In your school, give me an example, give us an example of someone who has and someone who doesn't have something. Um, well, my family always makes sure that I am uh, equipped for the needs of school. Cause, so in my class, in my math class, everybody doesn't have a, com uh, a calculator in my class. Like every, the only person that has a calculator in my class is me and we need those calculators to do our work and the teacher has to provide us with the calculators which it really sucks to me we need those you know to continue with our work okay. so mm -hmm. and i didn't mean to interrupt you but you can continue i said that the main focus with the speech that martin luther king gave was to give us our recovery for our free labor that we did um we not only did free labor we did more than just free labor we were their slaves. We did clothe their children. We took care of their kids, and we also, uh, I mean, we built America. So we did a lot for the white supremacists. We did a lot for them, and I feel like, well, not I feel like, but Martin, Mar Martin, he tried to make that our ma the main point was he wanted, Martin, he wanted the Caucasian people to do right by us, not because, um, because they wanted to. He, wa he wanted them to do right by us, not because we said something, but because it's in their heart to do right by us. Mm -hmm. They are in debt to us because of all the things that we did for them. Um, we were beat by them, enslaved, and our children got hurt because of them. Um, we did so much for them, but this is the this is the payment that we get for everything that we did for them, and that's what Martin was trying to pinpoint. He was trying to also pinpoint that um, racism is very real. That it was not it was not he he didn't want everybody to cover it up. He didn't want everybody to put it to the side. Not just well Caucasian people, but the black people too, because the Caucasian people were being two-faced they were saying oh we're for you but they weren't really showing it because actions you know speak louder than words but um yeah martin he he pinpointed that he wanted he wanted everybody to know that racism was very real it was um he wanted to make sure that it was known and not to keep it under the rug because it needed to be it needed to be said because they put so much money into um, other things, but they don't put it onto what needs to be put it onto. Uh, they have money to have a man walk on the moon. That's what Martin said, but they don't have money to, you know, help us with our income and help us with 
um, us. He said that it's more, it's easier to integrate a lunch counter than it is to guarantee a livable income and a job and a solid good job. He said it's easier to guarantee the right to vote than it is to guarantee the right to live in sanitary, decent homes and housing conditions, which is important and it is very sad. Wow, wow. wow that was good. Let, let me ask you wow. a question as a young person. Um, with how things, and through studying your history and, and you knowing what was going on, um, as a young person, what would you do to change it for young kids today? That th something that they can do to, to help bring about change? I would encourage them in their study because I feel like on the down low, I feel like, well, not on the down low, like on the down low, but not on the down low, it's not wanted for us to succeed as black, young black people. It's not wanted for us to succeed. We, we spend too much time, we see so many black people in jail and not enough of them in school and in books. A lot of them on the streets and not enough of them at home studying. So that's for one, because we have a lot of black, we have a lot of black children trying growing up too fast because of the number of jobs. We don't have a lot of jobs or we don't have a lot of money. So we always hear these stories about how kids in school um, always have to deal with um, problems at home. So mm -hmm. of course we would encourage education and a lot of activity try to get out there because our generation is the future and yeah, absolutely for the for them for them to succeed in the future we need to know about our past and our history and we need to learn how to learn from that history because a lot of us are failing right now um, not too long ago we were talking about a, a sub subject in school about how um, how our generation is today and to change it, I mean, we need to invest in education, first and foremost. Another uh, question, mm -hmm. quick question. Mm -hmm. We as adults, do you think we failed you guys? Is, is there a lack of hope? Uh, uh, because you expect us to take care of you, and, and we are, and a lot of parents aren't doing what they're supposed to do as far as a child is concerned. Uh, to whereas you have to grow up uh, 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 15, 16, uh, or younger, and you have to take care of the other siblings. And, and, and you're thrusted mm -hmm. in a role, you know, that you're not prepared for. So I just want to yes, ask I, you that I, question. Yes, I think, I think so. I think they do, in a way, you kind of have failed us. Yeah. Wow. Fair answer. Well, thank you so wow. much. That was beautiful. Wow. And so now we're going to have two things happen real quick before we sign off. One is Miriam is going to read her wonderful poem, and then we're going to have Twyla give us a couple minutes to walk the walk and, 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 and head on out. <laughs> All right, this is called The Journey of We. The Lord blew breath into shades of clay as he formed we, with the strength to move mountains, with thoughts to achieve any dream. He influenced we to thrive past grass and stone, groomed to believe that there was nothing that could be conquered. We were styled with intelligent with a decadent flavor of unique. Then we were broken for gold, sold for weapons, beaten because of knowledge, and taught to be less than the kings and queens we were birthed to be. We were encouraged by the drums 
and the rhythms of our spirit. We pressed on even though our self-esteem was challenged with dismemberment. Mm -hmm. We were gathered, clustered, and frustrated by proprietor's hate. Mm -hmm. With an indwelling of love, still beating freedom in our hearts, loving strong inwardly, but outwardly appearing unnatural. We, daughters and sons, were raped, roped, and bound. Still the rhythms of our spirit were passed down with everlasting shades of we, with ceaseless blendings of ideas, creations, and celebrations. We were mitigated to be immigrated, then violated to be disassociated, yet still keeping the banner of prayer for justice only known by we. We were called to journey through the desolate channels, canals, and lower bowels of muck, only to rise through segregation because of an obligation to the future. We rose through depression and oppression because of an obligation to the future. We rise through the fogs of isolation because of an obligation to the future, just to ascend into greatness because of an obligation to the future. We, whose hearts beat to a Caribbean scent, to a seemingly diagnostic America, whose amnesia is suitable when it comes to accountability. We beat the drum. We amalgamate the rhythm and the drum. We are the drum. Beautiful, Miriam. Wonderful, wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Yes, beautiful. Yes, yes, information yes, again yes, yes. of where they can pick up Miriam. And Miriam, any uh, we can pick up Miriam's book at on Amazon.com. And Barnes and Noble. Barnes and Noble. It's called And I Don't Surrender, Surrender. to Stigmas and Judgments. Amen. Very wonderful good. title. Very good. Title. So Twyla, you're gonna take us out. We're walk the walk. Yes. First I'm gonna close up about King. I, some of you all don't know that um, there was a, a lawsuit that was settled. And that oh, said that the United good. States had uh, colluded in the assassination of Dr. King. 8 December 1999, they said that this happened. And they awarded this, the King family a financial uh, amount. And it was not millions, not thousands. But the court determined that Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's life was worth $100. Well, I'm mad about that. $100. <laughs> so I want you to do some more education and reading on that, of course, also. Um, pick up this book anywhere you can. This is a friend of our, of our, this is a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Paul Anderson, because we're going to have him on in the spring here, Black Labor of White Wealth. Phenomenal read. Phenomenal read. You go to harvestinstitute.org for that or, or, or Black Brown Reader. It's all kinds of material because we need to be more educated more from now walking off what can you do so what can i do well a couple things i need you to go to look at the dc compensation emancipation act dc compensation emancipation act of 1862 because that's the law that gave the owners of slaves in dc repercussions of reparations up to 300 dollars they were paid for the slaves they had to free so you need to read about that because our guest next week is going to be Mr. John Cheeks from the United States Citizens Recovery Initiative Act. And you can find them at USCRIA.com. But what can you do besides that? These blocks real quick. Let me see them. Look at your block. Put them up. Everybody got a block? Put a block. Put up this block. Put up this block. Where's your block? Get a block. Put a block. Listen. We can share a block. See, Listen. you know something? We can share. No. <laughs> Miriam got a block by herself. Teresa has a block. 
Sean has a block. Francis has a block. Our studio audience have blocks too. This block by itself does nothing. Take your blocks and put your blocks together. Mm. What did you do? Build a tower. You're going up higher. You're reaching higher. So that's what you need to do in your community. You need to put your blocks together. The speech was very short. It's 45 something, 45 minute speech. We couldn't get it all done in an hour. You can't. Go back and listen to that speech again. And then get together in your neighborhood. Get together with your next door neighbor. Get together yes. and just sit down and pull out what one thing can I address? What one thing can I address? Don't forget, hit the like button, hit the share button, comments. leave your comments, connect to the bridge.com on our website, connect to the bridge on YouTube, connect to the bridge on uh, Instagram, connect to the bridge on Facebook. Yes. And uh, that's it for this mm -hmm. week. Uh, one more thing. Um, don't believe the hype. Don't let his story be your history. Mm -hmm. Ron, take us home. <laughs>